Welcome to the Just Barbarian Things podcast actual play of Call of Cthulhu 7th Edition's Masks of Nyarlathotep. Hello, spooky barbarians. Welcome to our Call of the Cthulhu campaign. That's hard to say right now, because I drank two beers. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag I drink. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm not going to introduce characters yet, because they haven't appeared in the game. But around our table, we do have Santiago. Hello. Richard. Yeah. Jesse. Hey. And Jessica. Hello. And of course, I am your keeper of arcane lore, Rainy. We'll be running this uh, campaign. For those of you who are not patrons or who missed out on our character creation episode, we are playing um, in the pulp section of Call of Cthulhu, since this is most people's first expedition into the system. Um, but Santiago is going to read uh, the newspaper article that led their characters to heading to Lima, Peru. Extra, extra, read all about it. <laughs> Search for ancient pyramid in Peru. Explore plans expedition to discover site of lost civilization. Well, give me one of those, boy. I'll take one of those. Let's see here. Lima, January 12. Explorer Augustus Larkin is planning an expedition to the southern highlands of Peru, where he hopes to identify the site of a pyramid long forgotten by history. Following the discovery of a number, so it could be like, zero of gold artifacts in the region Larkin <laughs> believes that he has found evidence that will lead to him that will lead him to their source <laughs> he is currently in Lima planning the expedition and is recruiting companions as po and possible backers hmm interesting why you don't say what a fine pile of beans so <laughs> I can't see so, his voices and your faces like <laughs> <laughs> so that happened Wait, so what's old boy's name? Augustus Larkin. Augustus Larkin. Larkin. <clears throat> I wonder if he's uh, related to Sir David Larkin. It's Larkins with an S, though. Yeah, I know. But I it just... does make me accidentally call Augustus Larkins a lot. Oh. <laughs> so. Nice. Um, yeah, so uh, some person named Augustus Larkin is recruiting backers and expedition folk to look for an ancient pyramid in Peru, which due to some artifacts he has already uncovered, he believes he has the location for. Um, and each of you have your own reason for heading in that direction. Some of you are there because you have bosses interested in the potential Profit that can be made. Some of you are there for personal interest in history or adventure or, you know, helping the heathens or whatever it is. But whatever it is, all of you have contacted him to join up in some way or another. And so each of you receive a very similar telegram. That is the sound. Um, <laughs> And it says, thank you for joining the expedition. Stop. Please join me in Lima. Stop. Have booked you a room at Hotel Mari. Stop. Meet 18 March at 7 p.m. at Bar Cordano. Hiron Ancash 202, 
Distrito de Lima. Stop. Augustus Larkin. So that's your next clue. We can pass that around so people can take a look. This is crazy because I feel like this might be what an actual like telegram, telegram, telegraph, telegram. Graham is the record. Graph is the technology. Thank you. Uh-huh. Nerd. Uh, <laughs> thanks, nerd. Uh, yeah, because I mean, you know, given our generation when we're born or whatever, I've never seen a fucking telegram. So like, this is cool to... I think this might be what it actually may have looked like. I don't care to. I don't know if you. How do you spell Nyarlar Nyarlite Nyarlathotep? Nyarlutep. N. Y. Okay. A R. Oh, A R. Nyar. Okay. Nyar. Yeah. L. Lath. Yeah. A T H. Okay. O Tep. Nyar Lathotep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Not that you know who that is at all in well, game. I was like, did you already I say don't, that? Did you say something? No. Oh. I just, you know. I'm just a PK. meta gamer. Blah, 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 blah. No. <laughs> and I was like, God damn, I'm I already behind. take notes. <laughs> and I have to write what the game that we're playing is at the yeah, top of my notes. <laughs> well, Which is P-E-R-U, in case you're not sure. So. That's way too general. <laughs> I have it to is take detailed the notes. the prologue of your adventure. But yeah, the um, telegram is helpful because it tells you where you're staying, where you're meeting, and when. Um, so if you want that to be part of your notes, you can. Otherwise, you will have your shared pile of clues in the middle, which you are always allowed to reference, as long as your characters are able to do so. What year is it again? It is 1921. Oh! That's right! It's just a fun noise to make. <laughs> That's good. The official telegraph machine of the game. 1921. It's like complete with typos and everything. Actually, what is, uh, do we know... Like, what? what's the date? You will be meeting on the 18th of March, 1921. 18th of March, 1921. My dearest Jessica. Did you know that one of your <laughs> handouts when we get into the real campaign is a calendar? Because we have to track days. Oh, it's so amazing. Wow. I have long sojourned along a, a, a passenger aboard the steamship Intrepid as I traverse along. Why are you Stanley from the office? The Pacific oh, I Ocean. <laughs> I relate to him on so many levels. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Every day I get up too early, driving traffic too long, drop my daughter off at a private school that costs too much, and then go to a job that makes too little. But on pretzel day, well, I like pretzel day. Oh, pretzel day sounds awesome. Yeah, especially because there's 700 flavors of pretzel. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> like how Michael went all the way with his pretzel and <laughs> passed out. <laughs> After, like, doing his whole thing. That's funny. True. There is travel involved for all of you because none of you are from Peru, which means that you have time to prepare. So, if there's something you believe you might have researched or looked into or 
purchased to prepare for your trip, um, feel free to let me know that now. We can do some preliminary rolls if you like. Otherwise, I can start with your arrival in Lima. Yes. So, um, Q is quite the outdoorsman, but he has been spending all of his time um, in the Klondike region of the Yukon. So he is all geared up for cold weather survival outdoors. Mm -hmm. But he knows that you have to prepare for the environment into which you're going. So I feel like he would research what the climate is like in Peru, Mm -hmm. where he's going, and at the particular elevation and what type of changes and stuff like that he'd be looking for and all that, and he would gear up for that environment prior to heading out. What skill would you like to roll to determine what knowledge you might have about this location? Um, well... I think that, I mean, I think that, so he has a specialty in boreal forest of survival, Mm -hmm. but I think just not specialty, just survival would make sense because it's all about survival in the wild. Sure. Roll your survival. Okay. Remember, it's meat or below. Yes. Price is right. All right. 53. That is a normal success. Okay. So you know the basics, what you can find at any library or encyclopedia about Peru. Um, You know that it is, that Lima in particular um, is going to be a relatively coastal city. um, And Peru itself is on the west coast of South America. Um, right now, at this time, it would be called the Republic of Peru, but Peru is fine. Um, it's the third largest country in the subcontinent. Um, there's about five million people there. Um, and its northern point touches the equator, um, but it is known mostly for being, um, having the Andes Mountains there. Right. So, um, depending on where you are, it can be quite cold um, and dry. It's a very Colorado <laughs> level place. Um, it's actually one of the locations besides the much contested Hawaii that we're trying to build good telescopes because the elevation's really high and it's really clear. Uh, <laughs> I mean, not at the time of the game, but currently just science knowledge mm-hmm. for you. Thanks, nerd. Um, Fuck you. (laughs) You were asking specifically for natural stuff, so I'm not going to give you a lot of history. Right. This is all about, like, what sort of gear do you bring in terms of traversing terrain and also uh, clothing? What sort of, you know... So you do know that going into the southern hemisphere as you are, um, being there in March puts you there during the summer. Um, it's, uh, unless you go into the mountains, it will be warm and muggy. Um, so in the lowland areas, it's going to be pretty warm, maybe even uncomfortably so for you. Mm. Um, if you go into the mountainous parts of Peru, it's going to be cold and dry. So, um, it's a 
bigger country than most Westerners think, so it has a pretty wide range, but Lima specifically will be warm, and right. it will be urban. Okay. But so... you haven't gotten a lot of information from Augustus Larkin about where you're going from Lima. You just know it's Peru somewhere. All right. I'd like to purchase, if I can swing it, I'd like, I'd like to do two things. One, I'd like to purchase appropriate clothes for not only the, and I, I already have my, I want to say, mountaineering gear in terms of clothes and yeah. climbing and all of that. Yeah. I already have that. I just need to buy a set of coastal and jungle appropriate attire if that's where we're going to be adventuring. So I need to add that to my list of gear. And the second thing I'd like to do in preparation is shave my big, bulky, like, mountain man beard that uh -huh. I normally have for hanging out in the Yukon. Right. Shave that off, but you have to leave, of course, the um, stout, manly mustache because that's what you do at the time. Sure. As you sport a thick soup strainer <laughs> yeah so it would definitely be easy enough for you to pick up some kind of appropriate linen suiting that would work for in town or for travel in warmer areas some um, linen shirts yeah. and some khaki pants and maybe some uh, thinner socks and yeah boots that's fine and, and if you want to put warm weather clothing on your stuff if you don't have it already that's oh fine i too. have it already and mountaineering gear, and so on. And so forth. And so forth, etc. Yours truly, warm regards. Then all your stuff is packed up in various crates and chests and leather bladder bags and whatnot. <laughs> um, and you're on your steamer or whatever heading to Lima. Anyone else want to do anything before the trip? I don't think so. Like I'm kind of, I'm thinking I'll have somebody like some contact there with the church that I would yeah kind of hook up with. That's fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. So you are going to Lima. You get there early enough that you have time to settle in at your hotel if you'd like. But the first thing you notice when you land in Lima is that it's surprisingly metropolitan and European in feel. This is a very Western style city. And so every once in a while you do see people in more traditional clothing. These are usually um, the folk that are traveling into town to do trade and things like that. Um, but the residents of Lima are dressed in European style. And let's see here. Have the other thing that you'd notice walking around is um, the surprising amount of Asian immigrants that are in Peru at the time. There are a lot of local um, Chinese and Japanese run shops um, that you pass by. Some of them are more like local goods and things like that, but others are specifically like Asian markets and that sort of thing catering to the other immigrants who are there. So here are what Lima would be looking like. And I'll go ahead and put on some Lima-y hmm. noises for you. Very cosmopolitan.
So one of the things I really like about Call of Cthulhu games is they tend to do their research. So y'all are staying at the Hotel Mori, which is in Lima. Um, you already have prepaid reservations in your names that have been set up by your host, Augustus Larkin. Uh, the hotel is located in the center of the city, um, and the amenities are clean and generally considered decent. Um, the main thing that the Hotel Mori is known for is their bar and dining room, which is quite fancy for the time. Um, so here's your actual hotel in 1920. Oh, oh. I misspelled that, okay. I spelled it right. Hooray! <laughs> I guessed. Alright, and then I will give you all a map that includes the Lima district um, and it has some locations on there like the hospital, the museum, the racetrack, and your hotel and the bar that you're supposed to meet at later just so you have kind of relative directions for where things are. Hmm. I spelled oh. that correctly because that's how it's spelled in the telegram. <laughs> or telegram, rather. <laughs> So you said it's known for its bar and... Uh, the banquet hall, the deck okay. room, basically. But the rooms are clean and good for basic amenities. They're not, like, super fancy, though. So, looking at the map when you have a chance to, just to give you an idea of distances, um, it should take about ten minutes to walk from your hotel to the bar Cordana. You have a couple of hours to a few hours to kill, depending on when you arrived. Um, again, it'll only take about 10 minutes to get to where you need to meet up. Is there anything that you would want to do in town or that you want to make sure to have with you or not have with you before you head to the meeting? Yeah, I need to check into my room and stow all of my gear and yeah. belongings and such. Yeah, like... and you have reservations, so if you had things packed, um, expedition style, they would be taken to your hotel by quarters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just need to, you know, you, you check in, you freshen up, and you make sure and get your nice concealable weapons. <laughs> just in case. Just in case. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I don't need to go over every little thing that I'm carrying, I don't think. No, Other as long than, as you have an idea. I mean, you're probably not carrying a rifle or a shotgun right, or something yeah, like no. that in Lima. No. <laughs> I feel like I would uh, hold uh, one of my brass knuckles and hmm, and him and haw a little bit and then like, eh, and put it in the pocket. And then, of course, I would uh, always have my Bowie knife with me, given that it is my prized possession. Special. Specialty. Alright. Anyone else have anything specific they want to do before we get into your first sort of area? So, we don't know your characters that well yet, but based on what you do know about them, who do you think would arrive first? Hmm. I'm pretty confident. <clears throat> that makes sense. Yeah. I think Steven would be pretty on point, if not early. Right. I'd be more on point. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> no, just, just, yeah. 
Yeah, you I'm go sorry. whenever God tells you to be there. Are you wearing your habit or are you wearing your traveling clothes? <laughs> no, I think I'd still uh, have my traveling clothes on. Okay. I'll we'll stick with that for the time being. All right. So, Stephen, mm. um, you arrive at the bar Cordano at about the same time as another young, obviously Western woman um, in basic traveling clothes. She also seems to be looking around like she's expecting someone. Um, this is the Bar Cordano. It's a bar slash restaurant. Um, it's tastefully appointed. Uh, it has wood paneling, wood fixtures, um, and a tiled floor. All right, and as the two of you walk in, since you're our early birds, um, you would note that it seems obvious the staff has been told to expect Westerners. Um, because you are immediately greeted by someone who can speak English um, and they tell you that they have been expecting you and please, 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 and they walk you past the bar to a table. There are already a few people seated at the table. Um, there is a, a white male, a kind of tan-skinned male, and a dark-skinned male at the table. You're going to be very... Mm in the minority with this one being the lady at the table. The lady! <laughs> Alright, um, later on, the two of you would arrive or uh, at your own timing. You know, you're used to living in the wilderness, I don't even know if you worry about time so much. <laughs> Do you have a watch? When he notices yeah. the time, when he's not like... Yeah. Stoned. <laughs> yeah, when, when you come oh, down shit. from whatever predivination you were in the plan. You gotta go. Yeah. I, uh... I throw a bloodshot. I do yeah. not have a pocket watch. I got lost. <laughs> Alright, I will be describing the people that you see at the table once you're out there, but as you sit down, this is a good time for you to tell the rest of the players what they would note about you. What do you look like? What are your kind of basic, obvious mannerisms? So we'll just start with something and go around clockwise. Now that we've arrived and sat at the table. Okay. Um, L. Quentin P. Bottom IV, or Q to mm. his acquaintances. Mm. He tries not to make a big deal of his whole name because it sounds very yes of course he doesn't like to advertise the fact that he is the scion of a wealthy family but he is your uh, quintessential 1920s um, Klondike gold rush manly man very Outdoorsy, you know, tall and swole, for for the the time, you know, uh, doing many squat thrusts and hip raises and <laughs> such, <laughs> Turkish get-ups and what have you. Oh yes, um, and uh, but he's dressed for the climate in his uh, khaki pants and linen shirt, uh, not necessarily buttoned up all the way because it's really hot here compared to where he's used to running around and he has a giant fuck off bowie knife tucked into his belt and a, uh, to hide it. 
Yeah, no. <laughs> it's uh, there it's it is, right guys. There. <laughs> it's, uh, but touchy. he seems very open and friendly. He's somewhat boisterous and engaging socially. <laughs> He'll talk to anyone and look anyone in the eye. He seems almost oblivious to how eye contact can be seen as a threat. He sees it more as a uh, invitation to dialogue is his demeanor mm. in a uh, urban setting like this. Quick to laugh, ready smile, and uh, has a sort of joie de vivre, so to say. Bonjour! <laughs> <laughs> Rich, who who you be? What you look like? Who I be? I be Stephen. Oh, Stephen Kelly. Fine. fine. Irish family. Irish name. Moved to Australia. (laughs) Uh huh. You know, they got some money. Not a lot. No, probably not like you know, Mister Mister Scion here of some family fortune. Enough to not be one of the the peasants. Plebeians. But uh, you know. He knows his backstory and ran off to join the war. It's been working in England ever since. All right, so... Wears a nice wool suit. Okay, so wool, even in this climate, because well, the way you look is important as well. That is, uh, you know, the, 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 the time... Yeah. That's what, you know, most men would have worn. It in, is fashionable, yes. In his, in his circles, and he's not going to let a little bit of discomfort like he... What's heat stroke? What's heat stroke? And yeah, like he lighter. doesn't need water. He just drinks some whiskey when he's thirsty and <laughs> smokes a cigarette when he can't breathe. You know. Yeah. There's lighter weights of wool as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's a, it's a wool suit. It's not like a wool, like your wool hot and you're like socks. in your pea coat. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, so, but, uh, well muscled, in a in a nice suit. Yeah, well, muscle is not, you know, a really big guy, but he definitely carries himself like he knows what he's doing. What sort of hat do you wear? Oh, uh, what are they called? A cheese cutter. (laughs) (laughs) No, a driving cap. A driving cap. Okay. What's a a cheese cutter? A cheese cutter. I got distracted. When Jesse was in Europe, uh, a man he met described the... Driving hat as a cheese cutter. Oh. At a uh, bed and breakfast in the UK. It was pretty cool. And that's Something the way, like, the, <laughs> the way Jesse <laughs> described him saying it. It was stuck with me. That's funny. But, uh, yeah, his weapons aren't visible. It's not like this guy. He's not showing them. Right. It's not a weapon. It's a talisman. All right, all right. <laughs> Your knife? <Right. laughs> Oh, okay. I mean, you could use it. If he was to take off his coat, he'd have his pistol. To oh. kill a shoulder mm-hmm. holster. And okay. I mean, maybe. Two brass knuckles in his pockets. Just ready to... Ready to throw down if you need to. Ready to throw down if you need to. Alright. Hell yeah. Brass knuckles for the win. <laughs> <laughs> but he's kind of... You know, the old war vet kind of... Someone that's always got to see the entrance. Positions himself in a way that he can see the main ingress. 
of where people might be coming from. All right. Jesse? Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, that's one. It's <laughs> <laughs> Isaac Cloud. He's from uh, the Black Hills from the Dakota Territory. Mm -hmm. So he's got a little mixed heritage. Uh, back when it was still a territory, this is pre-statehood. So I guess it's now a state at this point in by 1921, the Dakota? Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. I thought you meant right now at first. <laughs> I was like, damn, Jesse, I thought you were real smart. <laughs> Why do you always explain things to me? That's why Jessica plays a hunter. No reason. <laughs> no, I feel really bad about that because I feel like I really contribute to that whole stereotype. <laughs> Who didn't dismiss their pet? <laughs> Fucking asshole. Moving <laughs> on. What the hell is that coming over the horizon? <laughs> oh shit, it's your pet having pulled the whole instance. <laughs> My bad, I'm gonna feign death. Sorry, guys. <laughs> just What's the stop big backing deal? up. Stop backing up. Or, okay, there you go. Just pull the other room. <laughs> What's the problem, guys? Just feign death. Wait, you don't have that? You don't have that? Shit, my bad. Aw, sucks for you guys. Yeah, you should look in again. It's great. <laughs> really comes in handy. Really comes so in handy. This is the fuck up button. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, so, yeah, Isaac looks, uh, well, he looks travel-worn. And you're not sure if he ever doesn't look travel-worn. <laughs> Disheveled. Yeah. He's uh, well-traveled. Yeah, rocking the, uh, an undyed... Linen shirt with khaki pants, so appropriately appropriately wrinkled. And he wears a Panama hat, uh, and uh, yeah, that's about it. He's got a leather shoulder sack that he carried with him. <laughs> very good, very good. Nice purse. It's a satchel. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica. Um. So my character, the nun. She's not super nunny right now because she's in her traveling casual clothes. Mm -hmm. But she's just, um, she's kind of, she's small, like she's petite. Uh, and she's just really like subdued. Like she's not like, you know, she's 26, which I think is really old at that time for a single spinster. lady. Yeah, she's yeah. all spinstery. But um, she's short, but she's not like, she doesn't seem to shy away from anybody. Like she's not intimidated by Mr. Giant Bowie Knife over here or anything. Like, she has that kind of, like, you know, stern little school marm kind of tight-lipped, on-time, punctual, business is business. To be carries a yardstick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just in case. He is <laughs> not intimidating. He's not the kind of guy to sit at the table, like, you know, like hunched that. over. Like, oh, <laughs> you know? He's more like one leg stretched out, kicking back, like, <laughs> yeah, like all right. he's, he's chilled, because... He's just very know, fortunate right? and blessed. He's gone through life so far pretty much in this cloud of likability and good luck. And, I mean... It's fair. Walk up to a lady and... Gonna... Yeah. yeah. Up right. <laughs> walk up to the lady sitting at the bar and put one booted foot up on it. Elbow on the other one. How you doing? Kind of oh, situation. Because no. yeah. We weren't supposed to roll in. Ourselves, but so oh, shit. You guys <laughs> 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 
So how big is L. Quentin, like physically? Yeah, what's your size? His size is 70, so he's a strapping dude, but so, not like huge. Wait, what's that know. translate to? Like size 70. So it's out Larger of 100, so... For average? Yeah. Yes. It, yeah, oh, okay. He's, he's pretty big. It's it's fairly above average. He's probably six foot. I mean, you have to figure though, one. like for most, I think for most women, like it does. Even if you've got the big smile on your face, like a big guy, you're always kind of like keeping an eye on. Right. You know. It's mm. like I don't know if you've ever been around you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always around. But, me. <laughs> but a big dude is just. By virtue of being yeah. big, you know, have, carries some amount of yeah. know, intimidation there. Yeah, and it's not so much that you're threatening, it's it just, you know. Presence. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. No, it is. It's yeah. like you, you, when you walk into a room, so there is you that. Take note. I would have a big personality yeah. that kind of fills up the room and stuff like that, but that's cool. I, 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 if I, I walk with you to my car. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> From work. Oh, you're going there? Can I can I walk with you? Why? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Just go where you want. What's the what? <laughs> Why would you walk where you please? Go okay. wherever you, you can't do that. This is your basic scene at your table that you're walking into. So these are the folk already there. Oh. Nice. No, oh yeah. Head off like, inside. Yeah. Head off. Animals. <laughs> Kind of savage. Edward, everyone like <laughs> smoked back then. Like, there's a doctor in a neonatal ward, like with a cigarette dangling <laughs> from his mouth. Like, yeah, just, just, is they that, didn't know it was bad. Yeah. It was marketed as like off. good for you and whatnot. Like, right? It so, can't Joe lungs. <laughs> <laughs> right. So the man seated in the middle at the end of the table um, is the one mm. that gestures for each of you to sit as you arrive. Um, and he's also the one that's going to introduce everyone, because this is Augustus Larkin. Um, and I will give you a specific Augustus Larkin page, because you'll probably want to have some sort of shared notes and things like that. I know Rich loves writing on handouts, so that's what this guy's for. I got a nice um, little notebook now. I know. However you like to do it, but you'll yeah. have it if you need it. Some of us just choose to ignore them, and that's And he cool. says, I, I can't, I can't, this is too nice and pretty. Have you seen my handwriting? It's lovely. I have to let, no, it's not. It's like chicken scratches. <laughs> oh, I'll have great. to write in this later, because this is pretty nice. I mean, you work with doctors, we've seen chicken scratch. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No, it's fine. So he says, Augustus Larkin, uh, it's truly a pleasure to have you all on this expedition. Um, his accent sounds like some sort of British dialect, but doesn't really sound English to you, especially. Uh, Steve. Um, and he's very light-skinned, very light-haired, light-eyed, so light blue eyes. He's a little, you know, one of your little naughty boys. Um, he's got dark circles under his eyes, like he's been staring at maps more than sleeping lately, so it probably looks a little bit <laughs> like Isaac. <laughs> I was just say. <laughs> um, he's probably in his mid-30s by your estimate, and he wears a loose linen suit, an expensive smelling cologne. Hmm. <laughs> looks like an actor, but I can't really place him. Almost like a Steve Buscemi. <laughs> Almost like a thin, sickly Timothy Olyphant. Huh. He looks like a little too. bit like like Mads Mikkelsen, like or Steve yeah, Buscemi Mads. had a love child. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that uh, that checks out. Right. 
And then he gestures to the man to the side of him um, who is kind of tan skin, dark haired. And uh, he says, this is my personal aide, Mendoza. And this is a gaunt man on his right with pronounced cheekbones and deep set piercing blue eyes. He has medium length hair. It's rather unkempt, but his clothes are neat and clean, if not a bit worn. Mendoza? Mendoza, yes. Hmm. And he nods at you all in greeting. He doesn't say anything. As he sits there with his arms crossed at the table, trying to look all tough. Yeah. Trying to look hard. <laughs> Knock you out. <laughs> Just to his left, he says, and this is Jesse Hughes, a folklorist from New oh. York City, a new member of the expedition like yourselves he just got in today. He's actually staying in the same hotel. And so he gestures to the man on his left. Um, he he's is what to him? Sorry? Uh, he is a folklorist from New York who has joined the expedition named Jesse Hughes. And Jesse, he's a black man in a smart suit. And he looks up at you and says, it's truly a pleasure to meet you all. Um, his suit is tweed. He's wearing a fedora. Um, and he's holding a pipe, and he uses it to gesture to each of you as he's greeting you. Mm. As Santi would do if he was holding a pipe, that's his yeah. pipe move. If I ever smoked a pipe, I would definitely point at, point at a motherfucker with it. Point, point, point. Now... Jesse Hughes, when he speaks to you all, kind of happy, like, welcoming sort of dude. But you note that the feeling at the table is a little tense otherwise. Basically Tristan. Hey, guys, what's going on? What's up? Man, school's busy. Man, school's so busy. Also, my wife's cool and all, everything's awesome. Let's go raise some stuff, guys. Come on. <laughs> Super upbeat. Let me play a game while you walk behind me. <laughs> Uh. All right. If anyone would like to make a psychology roll, you may do so. Oh, Santi, you made the survival roll earlier. Don't yes. forget to check your survival box so that you can level that up later. Holy oh, shit. Okay. Oh, psychology. I'm looking at psychology. Okay. Now, are we yeah. doing a check mark or is it like a one However you slash want to mark and it. a double slash? No, it's or? just marked so you know which ones to check. Okay, later. so we don't have to oh, bear down for mm -hmm. later marks. If it's marked, Got it's marked. Checked you can't double XP something. Got what a if you crit fail? Regular it? success. No, it's, okay. if it's checked, it's checked. Regular's fine. Um... I think, yeah, all we need is a regular success on this one. And you can check it if you got a success. I don't know what the hell I got, because I can't remember what the rolling is. <laughs> all right, so what'd you roll? I rolled a 51. <laughs> all right, and what's your skill? So, 55. Yeah, so that's a success, because it's under your skill. What are the I little numbers on the side? That would be mm -hmm. if it's a hard success or, like, an extreme success. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, so okay. if it's under yeah. 27 or whatever the high number right. is, that's... Hard. A hard success. Mm -hmm. And then under the other one is... I think I took yeah, it. Got it. Okay. Uh, so I just had a regular oh, success. Yes. Gauging me. And you can check your psychology as well. Okay. So anyone who succeeded may check your psychology if you haven't already. Oh, um, You detect... Check it before you And maybe it. you can just tell from the picture they gave you as well. There is some sort of either animosity or suspicion specifically between Mendoza and Hughes. Mm. Although Larkin's... Seem, he seems pretty... Teacher's favorite pet and new guy that just came in. 
Yeah, it's something along those lines for sure. And so Augustus continues and he says, um, this is a working dinner, so please order whatever you like. Um, don't worry about costs. This place is known for its seafood. I think the escabeche is quite good. It's a sort of hot, sweet, and sour fish dish. Don't worry about price, you say. I get 10 <laughs> bottles of whiskey. <laughs> so yeah, this bar is known for its selection of imported whiskeys and scotches. So you can definitely uh, have some drinks. to go. The food just, and drink here are both quite good. Is this your shopping good. list? <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to order this, please. <laughs> Sir, this is a shopping list. Yes, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Sir, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> like 12 eggs, unbroken, in a carton. <laughs> Alright, so you all have a chance to order whatever food and drink you would like. Um, they are both quite pleasant, and Larkin speaks to you throughout the dinner in a way that makes it clear he's giving you time to eat. Um, that there's no rush on talking about anything during dinner. Um, and then as you're sort of finishing up, Maisie gets on her bed, and patrons sit at the bar stools nearby. <laughs> Their creaky leather bar yeah, stools. Yeah, squeak on the, the leather upholstered seats. Larkin starts to speak up again, and he says, again, thank you all so much for coming. I hope your travel to Lima was out without issue. Um, we're looking to move on this expedition quite quickly. Uh, so I don't want you to get too comfortable in town. We'll be heading out of here very shortly. Um, my plan is to head into the highlands, locate the site of the lost pyramid, um, and recover some artifacts to share with the world. I want you to have no doubt uh, that although the mission is one of discovery, and historical importance, obviously. Um, signs point to anyone involved being rewarded greatly. Huh. And what we've seen so far, trust me, it seems to show that there is a lot of value in this site. I wonder what I would have ordered. Hmm. Probably steak. <laughs> The local cocktail of choice, um, actually founded at the hotel that you're staying at, is the Pismo Sour. It is the, the local beverage, well really created by a Westerner, but it's very popular drink in, in Lima. Oh, I probably would have tried one of those. Sure. So he says, well, I was able to uh, purchase a few interesting items from an alpaca farmer near Puno. Uh, he claims that his grandfather recovered them from the tunnels beneath a pyramid in the mountains, and this is where a lot of our information came from. Uh, the grandfather never went back to the site. He said that he had some superstitious fear about the place, but he told his family there were other treasures there as well in those tunnels, and he dabs the sweat from his brow with a a fine handkerchief. He says, well, the farmer didn't have a precise location for the pyramid. He did give me enough information that combined with my research, I was able to narrow it down to a rather specific area in the mountains. Hmm. I feel like at this point, 
Q would put his silverware down on the plate mm-hmm. and pick up his napkin from his lap and dab mm-hmm. the corners of his mouth in impeccable manners and tell Augustus, that sounds good, Augie. When do we leave? That's a wonderful question. I was going to give you tomorrow to pick up any supplies that you wanted to look around Lima since for many of you it's it's likely a quite exotic locale and then uh, we'd head out the next day. I've hired trucks to take us into the mountains. Are we leaving from here? Uh, from Lima, yes. I mean, obviously I'm not staying at the same <laughs> hotel as you are, um, but we'll set up a meeting point to, to load onto the trucks. Ah, I see. Location to be determined. All right. Yes. So, anyone who wants to make another psychology check to see what you think about his story, you may do so. Keep in mind in the future, I probably won't prompt you as much to make checks. Just know you can do it just like D&D, where you're like, do I think he's telling the truth? That's a psychology check. Alright. a five. Dang. Is that, like, a extreme success for you? Yes. Okay. Anyone else get a success? I just got a regular success. Regular success? Extreme success. I got nothing. Okay. Aww. <laughs> you're not paying attention. You're drinking. You're fine. <laughs> um, Foot sore. <laughs> for the two of you, um, you get the idea that his tale about like the farmer is not necessarily a lie, but it's not the full story. The grandfather? Yeah, that he got this from a farmer and his grandfather saw the pyramid. It's like, it seems a little too easy. Okay. Is really what it is. Um, but he does seem 100% to believe that there is a pyramid and that he knows the location. So that part seems to be solid. Okay. So with when, because the last time we did, uh, I had a check. Yep. Do you check only once a time? That's like a it. Turn? Yeah, until okay. we level up. Okay. And the main reason for that, if you want to think about it, um, as we get further into the game, and I'll ask you things like, well, what skill do you want to use for that? Mm-hmm. Instead of relying on a few skills that you already have checks in the box for, it kind of encourages you to try out a few other skills okay. as well. Because you can only check them once, and then we level them up at the level up phase. Right. And then once they're leveled, then they can be checked again. Okay. Yeah. All right. So as the dishes are being cleared, he takes out some items that are wrapped in cloth. It seemed like he was waiting for the table to be a bit cleaner. And he says, um, here are two of the items that we were able to um, purchase from the farmer. Um, one is a pendant. Uh, it looks like a man holding two like rods or stabs. Um, and it's embellished with rectangular shapes. The other is a golden cup that's carved in geometrical patterns and circles and it's inlaid with turquoise. If any of you have archaeology, you may roll to identify what you might know about these items. So like it says it's like default 1% archaeology. So can you roll and You can that roll out? and see if you get it. If you get a one. <laughs> one. If you get a one. You have a one percent chance. I did not get okay. a one. Yeah, you're like, those are pretty. Yeah. yeah. Pretty close though. Success. Kind of Regular like success? Regular success. Okay. Nice. So you note immediately <laughs> that these two pieces are from completely different cultures and time periods. Um 
they, the first one, the pendant of the man holding the rods, um, resembles artifacts that you're familiar with from um, Tiwanaku, which is a dig near the border of Peru and Bolivia. So it's probably from about the fifth century. And the second <laughs> one um, looks like an Incan item, um, probably from the 15th century. Mm. Now, it doesn't mean he's lying, but if these were both found at the same site, it would mean that site had been used across different eras and peoples. Um, but they are definitely not from the same period. Mm. So there was a pendant of a man holding... holding like two rods, rods or stabs of some sort. And the other one was... Um, a golden cup inlaid golden with cup. turquoise. Alright, and um, he... After you're able to examine the items, which he does not prevent you from doing in any way, um, he kind of puts them away. The waiter brings over your after-dinner drinks, um, your amarettos and such, mm -hmm. and, and your coffees if you're into an evening espresso or that sort of thing. And, um, and he says, but enough of my rambling. I'm, I'm sure you may have questions of your own. Are those the type of treasures that we're going to be looking for? We do know from what the farmer told us of his grandfather's stories that there are more like these, um, some that are even larger and that the grandfather was not easily able to move out in his one trip there. Again, he didn't return local stories and such. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with pyramids in all cultures. There are tales of curses and various things that don't harm the archeological spirit. Um, so, you know, but uh, we do believe there are many more things along these lines, um, particularly in the gold variety. Mr. Mm. <laughs> Archaeologist? What? Anthropologist, whatever you mean. <laughs> <laughs> Identify the site. No questions? Mm. Not yet. Okay. So... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, actually yeah, told the, why the fuck did we come here? Yeah, <laughs> we're here for the gold. That's why we're here. Some of you, yeah. So, cool. Alright. Gold. Says well. Um, like I said, I was hoping to leave in a couple of days, but I'll send a message to your hotel when I have the plans sort of nailed down. Feel free to pick up whatever supplies you like, have a look around town. Um, the four of you and Mr. Hughes here are all staying at the Hotel Mori, um, so please feel free to socialize as, as you wish. All right. We have sort of a, hmm, I'd like to see if I can ascertain, um, guess maybe psychology wise <laughs> I guess just to see if I can uh, determine if uh, Mr. Hughes is being set as a watchdog or similar 
if he's there, or if he's more just of a liaison sort of sure. uh, tour guide type of deal. Alright. I rolled a one. Dang. Oh. oh shit. <laughs> so psychology wise, what you'll know is he's speaking to and about Jesse Hughes very similarly to the way he speaks about the rest of you. As someone who's joined the expedition, um, you'll note that he's listening. Um, he will ask a couple of questions once you guys have had a chance to do so. But from the way he's talking, he's also trying to understand more about what you guys are doing here. Um, but you do note that Larkin's man, Mendoza, is kind of glaring at Jesse Hughes. He doesn't seem to trust him. Hmm. And just to clarify, we don't know the name of the pyramid we're looking for, do we? No. Okay. So what if you want to like go to the library and do research and that kind of thing? Like, how do you... Can I just be like, all right, peace, I'm going to the library? You can. Um, or there are many locations you could go to. There is a university um, in town as well where you'd be able to use their library, but you can also use public libraries and things like that too. Okay. Yeah. But you can like leave the group and go. Yeah, you can do what you want. Oh my god. Yeah. Mr. Hughes turns to Augustus Larkin and he says, Well, I'd like to make sure I'm familiar with all the local tales and such uh, for where we're going. Obviously, Peru is a very large country. Where exactly is this site that we're heading to? He says, oh, well, um, it's up in the highlands near Lake Titicaca, because every game must reference Titicaca. Isn't it? yeah. It's important. He says, it's a, a few days journey from Puno, so we'll head up there first in the trucks and then traverse the rest of the way with pack animals. He says, ah, that will give me plenty of basis for starting to look into things that may be of interest in our travels. I'll likely spend at least one of the days that we're here doing some research. And I have a few contacts in town if any of you would like to join me. I think perhaps I will join you. Delighted. All right, any other questions? before we wrap up the meeting. All right, so Augustus says, thank you all again. I must admit I'm a bit under the weather, uh, so I need to make it an early night. Um, but remember, uh, I will send you a message. We'll likely be meeting early in the morning, um, a couple of days from now, to load up onto the trucks and head out to Puno. But until then, please enjoy your stay in Lima. And if you, need anything, um, you can ask the, uh, the man at your front desk at the hotel to send a message to me. He'll, he'll know where to address it. Hmm. Augustus, if uh, you're feeling under the weather, I can perhaps provide a healthful tonic or two, if you feel the need. <laughs> ah, my man Mendoza has set me up with some items that he was able to procure locally. I'm sure I'll be set by tomorrow, but I will definitely let you know if I'm still feeling unwell. Well, they are quite restorative and, well, <laughs> if you need them. Full of cocaine. <laughs> They'll put a little pep in your step. <laughs> little pep. And he says, interesting. Well, I'm staying at the Hotel España if, uh, you know, 
you have any interest in checking in with the, the front desk there, if you want to leave anything for me, that's fine. All right. So, um, if anyone has medicine or spot hidden that they'd like to use to evaluate Augustus Larkin's condition, you may do so. Spot hidden, you say? You may use either spot hidden or medicine, although I will say medicine will provide a little bit more detail about health-related things, but spot hidden will give you extra details if you don't have medicine. I got a hard success. Nice. Wait, what's the not not extreme? Hard. Yeah, hard. Yeah. yeah. Hard. A hard success. See, you're already getting it. Nice. I spot hidden. Your you borrowed dice are failing you. They're oh. letting me down. Oh no. <laughs> Did Rich touch them? <laughs> You've got Rich on your dice. <laughs> My spot hidden yielded an extreme success. Dang. Okay. Mine's in medicine, not spot hidden. Okay, yeah. Good to know. Rich, no? Okay. So with the spot hidden, you would notice that as the evening has gone on, um, Larkin has gotten paler and sweatier over the course of the meeting. Um, his hands are shaking a little bit. That's what you notice with your spot hidden. Um, Jessica, your character would notice with your hard-ass knowledge of medicine mm -hmm. that these are symptoms you would associate with an opiate withdrawal. Nice. Um... <laughs> just to be clear so if you get a is it only if you get a success that you check the box if you get any type of success or a critical failure you can check the box okay so you would check your medicine as well delicious thank yes. you no problem and it's on to your spot hidden your favorite it's skill you can check thank you you're welcome all right so as augustus larkin and his man, Mendoza, are getting up to leave. Um, Jesse Hughes turns to the rest of you and says, well, looks like we're the whole expedition based on that meaning, so why don't we get to know each other a bit better? Uh, maybe a few drinks? First round's on me. Sounds good, Jesse. Do we call you Jesse, by the way? Oh, yeah, it's more than fine, and he heads over towards the bar. Well, that won't be confusing at all. Fantastic. <laughs> 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 Jesse, goddammit, I've been wanting to say this for a long time. I'm going to kick your ass right up around your shoulders. Oh, I'm talking to the character, not you. It's cool. Chill out. And so, as <laughs> we'll just chill out, dog. the door closes behind Augustus Larkin and Mendoza, he turns back towards the rest of you, he says, now, how much of that do you actually believe? Do you trust him? So wait, Mendoza is saying this? No, this he is Jesse Hughes. Mendoza left with Larkin. <clears throat> right, okay, just check him. And he came back with having ordered or told you. He, he went to the bar expecting you to all follow from the door. Oh, okay, yeah, we, so we're at the bar now. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. So it walked across the room and Right. Not eating anymore. <laughs> no, like, I just—it's good to know because I, uh, you know, I cut quite a roguish figure uh, leaning against a bar with one elbow and one, one foot maybe on the brass rail and so on. Mm. <laughs> just gotta play it up. I mean, you know. 
Uh-huh. So yeah, he turns to you all and asks if you actually trust what he's saying, what Larkin has been saying to you. Seems like a pretty straight shooter. I think that uh, he purchased what he purchased, and that's what he said. I, I can't vouch for its authenticity, but uh, I figure that's why we're heading out there. There's just... Well, he's lying about the farm. Just not sure what he's lying about. Yeah, I feel the same way. I don't think he went out there and handed him a wad of cash for these things. You know what I mean? Uh, look, I'm... <laughs> my real name is Jackson Elias. Mm. And Excuse I, me as I write that in my yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pardon me while I take out my notebook. <laughs> and I believe that Larkin may be leading us into danger. Elias? Like Elias with an S? Yeah, so E-L-I-A-S. One of the most famous names in Call of Cthulhu. Is it? Mm-hmm. There's um, a podcast of like the guys who wrote the new edition, basically, called The Friends of Jackson Elias, because he's like from the OG edition of Cthulhu. Yeah. Oh, so not just Elias, but Jackson Elias yeah. is a famous name. Yeah, this is a an old school, original Nyra Lafayette character. The dude himself. Ooh. Oh. If anyone has either education or occult, occult oh. is a checkable skill. Education is not, but if you can roll it if it's better for you if you want to. Um, you can see if you've heard this name before. Education. Roll over. I got a... Oh, shit. Okay. So what's... <laughs> The first small Hard number. success. Hard success. Okay. Me too. Hardly. 18. Dang. Nothing. 92. Who's my powerful number? Oh. And you can spend luck to bring that number down? So yes, getting into Is that, that you can spend luck point for point to oh. bring down the roll. So if you're close, it can be worth it. If you're not, it gets a little iffier. Probably not worth 14 points. It's up to you. We do regain luck more often than we level up skills. So it's oh, up really? to you if you want to spend it. But if you ever do a group luck roll, it's based on whoever has the lowest luck in the party. Hmm. I see. Sure, why not? All right. Yeah, luck. it's a game, right? <laughs> Can't take it with you. <laughs> All right. Which means <laughs> that you succeed. All right, for those of you who had success, you have heard this name before. Um, Jackson Elias has written books on various cults, historical and current, in places such as the Amazon Basin, Mexico, Central America, and even the Witches of England. Hmm. So he's kind of like looking at all of you, kind of looking down the line where you're sitting at the bar, and he says, I've been researching for a new book about secret societies in Peru. And in particular, I spent some time traveling around that area near Lake Titicaca, looking for <coughs> evidence of what may, 
Right, I'm too immature to get past that. <laughs> it just makes me think of Animaniacs because they have Lake Titicaca. We like to say your name. <laughs> um, because it's great. Uh, looking for evidence of what I think may be a centuries old death cult. But since then, I've been digging into this expedition more specifically, and I've turned up a few interesting bits of information, if you're interested. Go on. <laughs> Pardon me. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, previously, Larkin tried to convince locals in Puno to explore the pyramid with him. This isn't the first time he's tried to put this expedition together. Um, but he wasn't able to find anyone willing to go in who was a local. Um, since then, he's turned to finding foreigners like ourselves to join the expedition. Now, one of my friends here is Professor Nemesio Sanchez. He's at the National University of San Marcos right here in Lima. Um, he was interested in, enjoy in joining the expedition, because this is his area of expertise, is these local archaeological finds. But Larkin refused to allow him to join. What? That I'm not sure, but uh, I think it would be worth talking to the professor if you were interested in doing so. I have actually have a meeting set up with him tomorrow if you wanted to join me. Oh, I'd be delighted to join you. What else are we gonna do? Now what I do know is Professor Sanchez <laughs> believes he has some old documents and some artifacts even related to this whole thing. Um, like I said, I'm gonna meet with him about that tomorrow because I don't know much more than that. Hmm. Now, when I was in Puno, now some people there warned me. They said that uh, Mr. De Mendoza is a, what they call a Karasiri. That's a local name for something like a monster or vampire. Some uh, thing that like sucks the fat out of people. It's the story that goes with it. How do I find one of these? <laughs> <laughs> I would like to marry one. <laughs> now, I'm not out of my mind. I understand such monsters likely don't exist, but this is a story that's been around since the time of the conquistadors. It's sets pretty heavy with the people here. But mm. I do believe that both Larkin and De Mendoza are probably involved in this cult that I'm researching. I'm not sure how or how it relates to this pyramid, but I suspect that's the focus of whatever the cult's up to. And who is Damon Mendoza? The, uh, Mendoza is Larkin's left hand man. Oh, oh, okay. I was hearing that as like Damon Mendoza. Yeah, so he Mendoza. is referring to him as Damon Mendoza, but he was introduced as Mendoza, so oh. that's fair. Clearly, I didn't mm -hmm. hear that wrong. Um, can I do like some kind of a check to see if I'm familiar with the Karasiri? You may. So what skill would you like to use for that? Well, I would think either... Because I have de uh, demon lore mm -hmm. or a That's cult. A yeah, I think either of those would work if you want to pick one that suits you. I'll do 
uh, demon lore. Okay, sounds good. Uh, wow, not so much. <laughs> yeah, no, I was way off. Okay. Um, you have done a little bit of research in preparing to come to this area, but that's not a word that you're familiar with as far as translating it into what you would understand from your training. Okay. Yeah. It's probably a very local dialect of something. Let's make a note to look that up in the library. Mm -hmm. Nope, totally fair. That's what I do. No, that was a good call though, just a, it's a bad roll. Sometimes it happens. All right. Anyway, like I said, I'd love to introduce you all to Professor Sanchez at the Museo, so you can do whatever research you like um, and make your own conclusions. I'm not here to tell you this is what's going on. I'd like to see what you think, because like I said, this is what I'm interested in finding out. Um, but I do believe that things are not what they seem right now. I'm meeting him tomorrow late in the morning. Uh, if that's of interest, we're all at the same hotel. Um, I'd love to have more minds and eyes on all of these things. And he goes and he pays the tab for the drinks that have been ordered. But he's still there. So up to you what you want to do. I'd like to know why he gave a fake name to Alan Arkin. Sorry, that's just what it makes me think of. <clears throat> I mean, Larkin probably is aware of people who are predominant in the occult. But if he's that famous, like, would he not just know who he is anyways? That's a, well, pictures weren't as big in the... I guess. That makes sense. I, I did want to hide my identity. It seems that people who actually know about what's going on with this pyramid don't get invited the expedition. So I gave him a fake name and for better or worse, being a young black man doesn't make me all that suspicious on the smart side for these white boys. How unfortunately fair. <laughs> so does the professor know him as Jesse or as Jackson? Ah, no, Professor Sanchez does know who I am. He was one of my first contacts when I found out he wasn't allowed on the expedition that really piqued my interest. Interesting. Yeah. Alright, tomorrow, or as they say here, manana. <laughs> it hurts my heart to say it that way, but I have to. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your drinks. I actually want to get a read on Sonny's character. Alright. Mm. Mm. Being that we don't actually know each other. Sure. Are you trying to hide so anything about yourself? Okay. Psychology, just to sure. try nope. to no. judge his body language and fuck, goddammit. I don't have. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a lot of guile. Pretty much an open no. book. Mm -hmm. I mean, it it meshes with the like. Uh, you know, I just I see most mundane crises as inconveniences and it's calm and unflappable. I tend to act on instinct. Not only when necessary, but just in general. I'm gonna spend some luck. Oh. Because I want this to pass. You're like, please, you go. please give me this luck, please. And it's only six. So. Okay, no, that's that's. Not nice. like Jesse spending all of it. Yeah, I have a lot. <laughs> Very lucky. Yeah, you were a lucky character to start, so. Still am. Still am. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. But uh. 
Oh. I'm mostly reading them for like earnestness, hmm. especially now. Uh, you know, just with my line of work, like you're gonna go meet someone with someone else. Mm -hmm. um, you you might not trust the person you're working for, but we don't know if he trusts us. Right. So, I want to get my read on Sonny to see if he is someone that I can express my current concern with and then forge a plan for the next day. Okay. So based on your luck spend, you would get an accurate read, which, according to Santi about his character, not trying to hide anything, he's very earnest and straightforward, seems to be a straight shooter. Um, was, Upper management written all yeah. over. <laughs> was hired on um, really as a, a wilderness guide um, more than anything. Um, and you probably would have gotten that from table conversation during mm -hmm. dinner. Um, so yeah, definitely seems very sort of on the level sort of guy. Fair to say, Santi? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, distracted by the wind. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a spooky game, okay? <laughs> We're not even spooky yet. Yeah, there's just the We're just deer talking coming about down them. off of opioids. <laughs> <laughs> Two of them. <laughs> yeah, is it obvious that... Is it Isaac? Isaac. Isaac, is it obvious that he's a little bugged out or tripping or has previously been? Is that, is that a normal part of your character's functionality? Yeah, he looks... This isn't an unfamiliar state. Okay. So why don't you roll your medicine or okay. pharmacology, whichever you like. He just looks sickly to me. Yeah. <laughs> looks like a longer... Little, yeah, looks like a longer... <laughs> longer. Looks a little sallow. A little I got... Kid. I didn't succeed. Yeah. No, you're so, like, now so distracted sad. by this. Hook <laughs> into the type of thing that you really think well, you've been sent here for. Right. Right? Like, death cults. Yeah fat sucking vampire demons, you're like, oh, that's why God sent me here. Right. <laughs> so you're not really paying attention to, to the meta junkie of the junkie next to you. Fair. All right, well, that's actually good. Um, stopping point for first episode. But like I said, we can jump right into the next one, but thank you all barbarians, chinny microphone, for listening to our sweet adventure. Um, this has been episode one of our Call of Cthulhu, Call of Cthulhu campaign. Too much beer. I can't say all things. <laughs> Rubber um, baby buggy bumpers. We just spit yeah. all over. Yeah. Um, DM screen. Um, as we all know, first episodes are all set up. <laughs> so obviously nothing too much has happened yet. But hopefully you're starting to get a feel for the characters in a little bit. But what they're looking at in this prologue, um, I've been your keeper, Rainy, and as always, you can check the links for where to find me, but I'm mostly on Twitter, at BarbarianRainy. I'm Santiago. My links will, as always, be right under Rainy's links. In the doobly-doobs. In the doobly-doo. <laughs> I'm Richard. I don't have a social media presence. Yeah, Jessica doesn't either. She always says, and I'm Jessica. <laughs> I play World of Warcraft. <laughs> Too much. <laughs> find can... us on Classic. Find us on Classic. <laughs> roll Alliance so we can roll, <laughs> roll Alliance so we can fuck your day up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
And I'm Jesse. You can find me farming noobs in <laughs> Warcraft. <laughs> Classic. Farming what? Noobs. I thought you said farming nudes, and I was like, nudes. wait. You're not on Moonguard. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Get on your role-playing <laughs> server. <and laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> PvP like for nudes. <laughs> <laughs> the Coco Dancing Guild. Oh, God. I'm Jessica. Yes. <laughs> you, should, still. Still. you should make a, a Twitter handle that's just Jessica or something just like Jessica. that. Thank you, Barbarians, for listening to our first session. I'm very much looking forward to seeing how this group plays through this campaign as they get more comfortable with the system, and for most of them with being recorded as well. Until next time, Barbarians, spend your rage and your sanity wisely.